So women are so majorly affected by anything inflammatory. They're so affected by things that can cause blood sugar and mental stress, and now that drains their progesterone. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. So I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Dr. Patrick Flynn, who is a simple country boy who came up with a fantastic idea after after being sick. And this has gone on to impact literally millions of people across the world. And we're gonna be diving into that today. So Patrick is here to help you optimize your health, your relationships, your physical, emotional, and relation, relational health. Um, first of all, Dr. Patrick, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on today. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. So why don't we start? You have a very powerful story, how you came to this. I think that's probably the best place to start. Yeah. So as I always like to say, you know, I was just a simple country boy that grew up in the north woods of, of, of Wisconsin, and, uh, which is the Midwest of the U.S. And it was interesting because I was actually diagnosed as a juvenile delinquent when I was in third grade. Uh, because I had some major psychiatric issues, which back then, today, they had probably diagnosed me more like an Asperger's or some autism spectrum that way. But what happened was this. I was, I was very sick, so I was classified because they didn't understand what was going on. And it was very difficult. It was very difficult for me to study, to read. Um, I couldn't read well. There was, there was a dramatic amount of things that happened psychologically. Uh, now, just because that happened in third grade didn't mean I knew what was going on. It wasn't until I was a teenage years to where I kind of started to realize that the medical system had failed me dramatically. There was nothing they could do for me. And so I started to go in a little different direction and realize, and, and if we were to fast forward to today, it'd be a lot more understandable because even John Hopkins calls it the gut-brain connection, that there's things that you can eat on a regular basis that can affect all the neurotransmitters of your brain. And so therefore, guess what? As I started to actually get into nutrition and to other things, I started to see some great recovery come along that way. Um, and that stemmed my whole aspect of going, oh my goodness, well, nutrition has an effect on people's health, uh, so do other things. And what it did, it led me into moving more in a natural realm just because uh, the medical system didn't help. It didn't, it doesn't mean that, and I've come up with some analogies to show where they can help, but the idea was this is, so then I decided to go to college, went to, to graduate school, went to become a doc and everything. And then what ended up happening was I was going through chiropractic school, uh, I was getting towards the end and then I met this wonderful woman and we started dating. And it was kind of interesting and, and, and you couldn't tell that there was anything wrong with her, but about two weeks into our dating life, um, she sprung something on me that where I had to make a very big choice in my life. Uh, because two weeks into dating her is not a joke. I actually met her. I fell in love with her. I thought this is the kind of woman I could spend the rest of my life with. And she told me something two weeks in her dating life that she couldn't have children. And she was really sick. She had endometriosis really bad. She had ulcerative colitis. She had cystic acne. She had headaches. Um, and the medical field and the natural field, she was taking a bunch of drugs, a bunch of natural things, and nothing was helping. But the reason why I had to make a choice is because she said to me, she said, listen, I don't want to stop you from having kids and maybe we should break up considering the fact that I know you want a big family and she didn't want it to end, but she also didn't want me to have a, not to have a family. So long story short, with everything I knew from the failures of the healthcare system before, what I've created from being a teenager to, to college, to my graduate studies, uh, even becoming a doc, I was like, what they were telling her didn't make sense. So what I did, and if we fast forward the story to today, uh, obviously I married that woman. We've been married for 20 years. We have four beautiful girls. And my whole thing, what I realized back when I was 24 years old when I met her, is the female hormone realm, even to this day, doctors not only don't know what they're doing in the medical system when it comes to hormones, they're misleading women. And it's why no matter where you go across the world, England, US, uh, Brazil, Canada, um, we have more medical and natural things ever in history, yet women are getting sicker and sicker every year. And so what I end up doing is figuring some things out 23 years ago that even led to me to be on your podcast today. So I'm excited to talk about those. I'm really excited to talk about those because you've hit on a few things actually that I myself have suffered with and have successfully put into, uh, I guess, a form of remission. So endometriosis would be one of those. Uh, also polycystic ovarian syndrome, which again, yep. you know, I don't think you can ever completely cure, but it's in remission and insulin resistance. So I'm actually very excited to talk to you about it and, uh, and, yep. and I have a big focus on women's health. Um, yes. What do you think is causing the problem? Because it does feel like either we got better at diagnosing it or there is an unprecedented number of women getting a range of issues, fertility issues, things like myself, PCOS, endometriosis, but also fibroids, 
um, you know, even just really debilitating PMS or PMMD, you know, there's just so many things. What do you think is at the crux of this? Well, let's just start with a a global uh, um, answer and then we're gonna get down to the detail which will give people some wonderful action steps. Um, Number one, first of all, the, the total understanding of all the hormones that can lead to those conditions. So when people talk about endometriosis or even PCOS, uh, there's an underlying hormonal issue that can be there. And what I did was when, I, when my wife said, okay, listen, uh, she, uh, she suffers badly from it. Uh, she got to go in for a surgery. They wanted to rip her uterus out when she was 19. At this time, she's 23. And I said to her, I said, well, let me see all your labs. Because I was going, they had to be missing something because the way I look at the body, and which is very different than medicine, I said, listen, let me see what's going on. So I, I, I recruited all the diagnostics that they had from, from the doctors. And then I realized, oh my goodness, they make decisions on women's body with a very incomplete picture. Now, what do I mean? For example, let's just take this for example. If we were to just look at hormones in general, and both men and women have the same hormones, they just have different amounts, but there is, there is a hormone that dictates who a guy really is. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it's testosterone, okay? There's testosterone, it's very easily measurable. You can do it in blood, you can do it in urine, you can even do it with saliva, but also some free testosterone, which you can only really do in blood and saliva. But here's what happens this. Let's spin it around though, which actually relates to endometriosis and P2S, but what is, the, what is the major hormone that defines actually who a woman really is? What, what do you think that one hormone is? The main uh, hormone that main, defines main who hormone. a woman is? Yeah, it affects her both physically and mentally. Uh, I suppose I would pick out estrogen. Yes, you're right, okay. But what if I told you estrogen wasn't a hormone? Okay. And they lied to you. And then people are like, well, hold the phone, where are you going with this? Okay, now watch this. If you were to even jump on the internet right now, let's say you're listening to the podcast, and you were to jump on the internet and search it and, and type in estrogen. Um, you couldn't find it. Estrogen is not, a, is not a hormone. Estrogen is a term that describes many hormones. And the worst part is this, women will start to do this. Oh wait, there's, there's estradiol, there's estrone, there's estriol. Uh-uh, there's a bunch more. And what I realized was hormonal conditions, if certain estrogens get elevated, it can lead to PCOS, endometriosis, cancers, everything like that. And what I realized that the medical system actually only picks out one or maybe even two and looks at them and has an incomplete view of what a woman's body is doing. So I looked at them going, okay, they have estradiol for you, Christy, what else? where's the rest of them? And so I started calling all the labs saying, we need to measure all of these because that's not the only estrogen a woman has, okay? And that's why I realized, and I can honestly tell you, in 23 years and actually millions of labs that we've done all of our clinics across the world, I still have never had one woman ever come in and have all of her hormones tested. Well, I got a simple question for all you ladies. We suffer, you guys suffer more from any, some more hormone conditions ever in history. There's more breast cancer ever in history, which we know is an estrogen dominant problem. Yet it's, here's what happens this. Do we need more awareness of breast cancer and more pink ribbons? Or do we need to actually have a different perspective on it? And maybe if we hone in and actually measure all the estrogens, we can see what's happening to your breast tissue and other tissues and actually all the endometrial tissue and stuff of that, and now start to get that back to normal. So I said, I called the, the biggest lab in the world and said, can we measure all them? And they said, yes, but why? And insurance doesn't pay for them. And I'm like, I have a sick fiance. I have a sick wife. Oh, she wasn't my wife yet. I have a sick woman that we need to figure this out. So I started to, I started to test them and see what, what confused most of the doctors, both medically and naturally. When it came to my wife, her estradiol was normal. See, that, and, and now they're confused because they're thinking her major cyclic hormone is normal. So she can't, we don't know why. Well, because here's what happens. How can you make a judgment on the body when you don't have a complete picture of it? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I've actually said to her, let's start testing all the hormones on women. And then I realized that they were missing some key aspects. And because if I actually say this to most of your listeners, say, listen, do you understand that 4-hydroxyestrone actually determines more if you have breast cancer than estradiol? And a lot of women go, what's 4-hydroxyestrone? It's one of the major hormones that dictate even your breast growth and your replication and the multiplication. If that's elevated, it's a bad day. You forget the gene. It has nothing to do with the BRCA gene. It has nothing to do with that. You could have, you actually, you have any, you have 4-hydroxy elevated, you're going to get breast cancer. But I asked women, how, how old were you when you got that measured? Like measured, I didn't even know it existed. So one of the biggest things that I'm trying to teach women is here's actually how your body works. These are the hormones you have to look at. Here's what happens. Let's get them tested because they're elevated now. At least you don't have any condition yet, but we don't want it to end up with it that way. And so what people start to do, they, they do this unconsciously. Like for example, 
and I guarantee you've heard this and you have some, some experience with this, and people even say this. They'll say, well, doc, you know, if you have high estrogens, um, cruciferous vegetables would be good for you. That's not true because if that pathway and it's not involving your two methyl, your two methyl uh, estradiol, estrol, estrone, and estradiol, cruciferous would do nothing. And you can eat all cruciferous you want and still have high estrogens. But what they were doing was they were doing some things going, well, cruciferous does affect this one pathway. But there's so many pathways that can be measured to see why they're abnormal. So with the natural world, they'll just throw all these natural things at it with no specificity. And that's why we have more natural things in history and more medical things in history, yet women are at an all-time high for breast cancer, all-time high for endometriosis, all-time for PCOS, because there's no specific care that they're doing with women. I, I came along 23 years ago and started doing it and affected millions of women across the world now. Well, also what's interesting is you can have it go down that 4-OH pathway when yep. actually the um, kind of estrogen, as you like, as a whole is actually quite low when you look at them individually. And so yep. it's quite interesting what you're saying there, because I think if you, you know, so it's like people will rush and take DIM automatically. Oh, I yep. need to improve this. I've yes. got to take some DIM. But then if the whole uh, lot of estrone, et cetera, that you have is actually quite low, you're going to be lowering it even further. Now she's got symptoms of low estrogen. I think... Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I guess my question would be is if we track back a little bit, why yep. is it then that women are having these problems in the first place and getting these imbalances? Do you think it's down to disruptors, plastics? You know, what's, what is it environmentally that's causing this issue or even biologically or even it's, you know, stress causes problems. There's so yep. many things. Yeah, well, I've kind of coined it in a, in a way of looking at three things, okay? And these are all testable. So I always tell you this. Um, I, I never speak in generals. And what I mean by that is this. Yes, there's no doubt. We have environmental toxins from, from no joke, from vaccines. Oh, my goodness. The COVID vaccine is going to destroy women's hormones. Already has and stuff of like that. But so toxins, deficiencies, traumas, thoughts. So I tell people there's a, there's a 3T category, I call it. Trauma, toxins, and thoughts. All those things actually disrupt the physiology so badly. And, and not everybody has the same ones. They don't. You know what I'm saying? Now, if there's a category personally, that I can actually prove this diagnostically and prove this scientifically, as I still think mental stress kills women faster than anything. I really do. I can diagnostically show on labs. I think it's the most disruptive thing to women's human health that way. Um, and during, and, and, I, and I think by even making women aware of that, to, that it can literally result in such major health conditions, that actually will get a woman to go, okay, listen, it doesn't mean they can avoid stress. Now, they got to do the best they can, but if they're just even aware of that, because no joke, there's going to be stressful things that happen through a woman's day. I just want them to be aware that if they don't move away from that quickly, that that physiology will actually go into such a fight or flight response that you will deplete your progesterone. You'll, call, you'll cause normal estrogens that, that are even normal. And this is one thing that the medical field can't understand either, even natural. If you have normal estrogens, all 10 of them, and your progesterone is low, by nature, your body's dominant in estrogen because progesterone has to, has to counteract even those normal levels. And that's why in progesterone can convert into cortisol and cortisone. And that's why major blood sugar problems or major inflammatory things or major stress actually depletes a woman's hormones. And it doesn't do that to a guy. A guy doesn't do that. And so that's why when, when I sit there and go that I'm seeing women at such a high level of stress and, and trying to outperform a man both physically or mentally, I'm like, good luck guys, because you're gonna end up in such a bad hormonal state. You wonder why you end up in so many diseases. Now, yes. There are deficiencies, yes. We talk about this way. If you look at, and I, and I think I can talk to you this way, it's kind of exciting actually. If you look at the, the enzymatic prostate, the CYP1A1 pathway, that, if that's deficient, guess what happens? You need some DIM, you need some IC3, you need some cruciferous. But if it's, not, if it's not deficient, you can eat all the natural things or take all the natural things, it's not gonna convert that down, okay? Now, that being said, a lot of women do run on a lot of deficiencies, especially if they're vegan, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing that scares me the most. Um, this idea of a plant-based diet is scaring me for women. It is. Women, you need organ meats. You gotta get away from this idea of plant-based stuff because it's not sufficient for your hormones. Actually, the greatest thing a woman can actually eat is an ovary and stuff like that. History, if you go back in history, and that, remember, that's my background, is actually nutrition besides being the doc, is we, we've lost this concept of, of actually eating sufficient things to actually replace the organs that we have and stuff, and they're the most nutritional, you can go at any nutrition book in the world, it doesn't matter if they even promote plant-based stuff, there's nothing that's more nutrient-dense than an organ meat, including an ovary, including the thyroid, including the liver, including the kidney. Now, yes, I know what the, the vegans will say. They'll say, but look at, look at uh, farming and, and the, they're feeding the 
soy and, and corn. Yes, I would never eat an organ meat that way. Very toxic, very bad, okay? Those are toxins. But you can get great things that you can eat that actually give you sufficiency to make those things that way. Uh, traumatic things are very important, as I mean physical trauma, like I always tell people. And this is the kind of a world I live in. If you look at, uh, if I were to put a pebble in somebody's shoe and have them walk around, that's a physical trauma. It'll change your physiology, it'll change your heart rate, it'll change your blood pressure. It's like I always tell people, your big toe controls your heart. Because if I smash your big toe, it's going to do what? It's going to increase your heart rate. Uh, now, your blood pressure will go up. So should we run and give some drugs? Should we run and give some natural things? Or should we remove that trauma and get off the toe? Now everybody laughs about that, but guess what? Worldwide, the number one reason why people go to doctors over the age 40 is actually high blood pressure. And they actually look and go, here's your medication. See, medicine has so moved into the aspect of post-treatment. That's why people go, well, how do you deal with endometriosis? Well, you gotta change the thinking on this. And, and I've come up with an analogy, I think, that's spread worldwide because I'm very proud of this analogy. I always, I always tell people, it doesn't matter what country you're in, where you're from, Think about medicine like the fire department. You know, if your house catching on fire, they're gonna get there, they're gonna, they're gonna be experts to put the fire out, they're gonna use accident hoses to put it out. But during the process, they cause some destruction, they really do. And even if they get there in time and actually put the fire out, you still have a burnt up house. You would never ask the fire department to help you rebuild your house with an accident hose, even though they did a good job putting it out. You need a carpenter to rebuild that house. And he has different tools, different education, and different perspective, because even when the fire department's in the house going, man, look, I did an amazing job, he could still be there. The carpenter walked in and said, man, this house is a mess. Now, here's the point. That's, that's medicine, and that's the kind of healthcare I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. If you have a heart attack and stroke right now, great, drugs or surgery keep you alive. But guess what happens this? They saved your life, but you still have a burnt up house. And they don't actually know how to rebuild your house because you can't rebuild the house from, you can't rebuild the body from a drug or surgery. There's no drug or surgery that makes you healthy, and that's what everybody wants to be. But so, I'm like a carpenter doctor. I know what your body needs. I know how to test it. I know how to build it. I know everything go there. And fires are preventable. Well, if you look at what happened with COVID, guess what happens? All you heard was fire department doctors. And look where that got us. But I'm here to tell you right now, don't have to worry about COVID if you have a strong house. And for example, people that take care of themselves, you don't have to worry about a virus. You really got scared. We got worldwide got scared of a virus. Really? I just got back from Hawaii. Do you understand that in one liter of ocean water, there's more viruses than there is humans on the planet? and you're worried about a virus? No, the virus actually just showed you how weak you were. That's all it did, you know what I'm saying? And so what we well, need to do is, is you this. Know, it's really interesting you say that. I, I remember uh, last summer actually being in Tenerife, one of the uh, Canary yep. Islands, and speaking to them there, and you know they were, they were particularly concerned actually around COVID and mask wearing when I mm -hmm. arrived. And yep. uh, then having a few conversations with the locals and I'm like, why, why are you so scared? Like, you know, the hospital's really, really full here. What's causing so much anxiety? Because it's quite remote. It's not, you know, you've got access to sunshine, vitamin D, etc. And they're like, no, 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 we, we don't. There's a few people in the hospitals, but people aren't really that sick. And I said, oh, okay, like, do you have problems with long COVID? What is long COVID? Right. <laughs> no, they didn't even know what it was because right. obviously there it's a little bit different. If you go into central London, everybody knows what long COVID is because I'm here in the UK, because we're pushing that envelope so hard, as you yep. say, that the house isn't built strong. It's not got a strong foundation. Well, all long COVID is, is the fact that you're still sick. You, you survived the fire and you still have a burnt up house. And so, that, that, and that, so it, it doesn't matter if it's UK, it doesn't matter if it's the United States that way. We, we have a system that's the fire department, that's just a disease management. They're just gonna sit there and water your house down every day and expect you to actually have a strong house. And that's why I created that analogy to go, listen, I have no problem with the, with the medical system fire department. I have no problem, because you know something? If I happen to break my arm, great, give me a drug or surgery, you know what I'm saying? But, but if you look out in general, some of the things that are going on as far as healthcare, everybody wants to be healthy. So I always tell people this, that's the objective of this podcast. That's the objective of actually really what you want to go to a doctor for. You want to maintain a high level of health. Somebody tell me a drug, a vaccine, or a, a surgery that gets you there. So therefore, guess what happens? The doctors that, that are dominant and put up on a pedestal, actually can't accomplish what everybody wants. And so, I, and, and, and here's what happens. There's no drug or surgery that'll get a, a woman's hormones back to normal. Well, doc, what about birth control? Birth control is defined as an endocrine disruptor. How do you disrupt the body back to normal? See, so I just came along 23 years ago, started one clinic in Wisconsin, Midwest United States, and then obviously people from all over the world started traveling there, and I started opening up clinics all over the world. And it started out from the simple aspect of going, start, forget, car, forget the fire department medical language, I started speaking carpenter language. And the funny thing is this, that's why I'm kicked off of Facebook and YouTube and all those good things. But people still, we have a huge website that people still go to and watch all the videos because I, I based everything around 
really good testing to show what each individual needs, especially women. Yeah, I love that. Well, look, um, what about, I mean, I, I guess actually let's track back for a bit because I think mm -hmm. this is important just to set the parameters here before we talk about, because I do want to talk to you about perimenopausal women as well. Yep. The way that I yep. see, if you look at, it's interesting what you're saying about estrogen and progesterone. I always yep. like to think of like, Estrogen is the queen and progesterone is kind of the princess, right? She's a little bit quieter and you have to encourage her a little bit more. And when we get yep. to perimenopause, she's kind of sneaking out the back door. And estrogen is like your charismatic friend. So she's really, really important. She gives you like glowing skin. She helps you maintain your muscle mass, all these lovely things. But she's great in the right dose. If you, She's very overbearing if there's too much, right? And if you haven't got enough progesterone to counter it, as you say, yep. there's problems. What about for women that are going through, I'm just curious because I know you here, we're talking a lot more about natural lifestyle, organ meats, yep. things like that. Yep. Women that are in their 40s, they'll be listening to this, they're going through, progesterone's kind of sneaking out the back door a little bit. Yep. Uh, I, I've certainly found things like maca actually in the early stages help to sort of boost it up. What are your thoughts on hormone replacement therapy or do you think women can make a completely natural transition? Uh, put it this way, if you have your ovaries and your adrenals, I'm against, and they're on, and I have to do this just because there are people, women that have had full hysterectomies. I'm fully against women taking bioidenticals, uh, even if they have their ovaries. I'm fully against it in every single way and stuff of like that because see what happens this, and I understand why women do it because they'll go to like an integrative doctor that kind of does some natural things and throws maybe some chase tree and throws some other things at that way, but the, the understanding of progesterone has to come here, and I think this is the major understanding. Now, I've had women that have full hysterectomy. Let me say this. If you've had your ovaries removed, you need to be on a bioidentical the rest of your life. There is not one natural thing you can take to keep any sufficiency, okay? It just doesn't work. You need some bioidenticals. So let's, I can make that clear. But if you have your ovaries, I actually get people off of their bioidenticals if they do have their ovaries, okay? But here's what happens. Here's the big understanding why progesterone sneaks out the back door. If you look at why testosterone is so devastatingly low, it's not because, once again, I love medicine that always does this. We're just better at diagnosing it. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's, that's, like, that's, a, that's like autism. We're better at diagnosing it. No, you're not. You're just vaccinating people too much and causing neurological diseases, okay? What happens is this. Testosterone actually is not an end-stage hormone. As you know, it can convert to other forms. So that testosterone, by the aromatasing, can convert to estrogens. It's why one out of every 100 breast cancer case now is a male, okay? And because you know why? because that aromatase can be stimulated by what we do. I, I will give you two simple scenarios. Women will be majorly killed by mental stress. Guys will be killed by sugar because their testosterone aromatases into estrogens by consumption of sugar. It's why we have an all-time low for testosterone today, okay? Now, that being said, let's go back to progesterone. Progesterone is not an end-stage hormone. Progesterone also converts. Do you understand that the majority of our estrogens are end stages? They have to either be used or broken down. And if they're not broken down and metabolized, that's why women, have, when they have actually have liver problems, they cannot metabolize those estrogens out, so they recirculate, okay, and that can cause high estrogens. But if you look at a woman, when it comes to progesterone, progesterone, just like in the male, but we don't need much progesterone at all as guys, progesterone converts into cortisol. Ladies, you have mental stress, you're gonna drain that cortisol. Ladies, if you go crazy on your sugar, because cortisol regulates your sugar, okay? You're gonna drain your progesterone. But then that cortisol converts into cortisone. So women are so majorly affected by anything inflammatory. They're so affected by things that can cause blood sugar and mental stress, and now that drains their progesterone, okay? And that's why it's so important to go back to those three T's. Ladies, your body's so sensitive to inflammation, to mental stress, that if you do not find those things that are causing that, you can replace it bioidentically. You can give natural taste and you can continue that progesterone going there, but it's going to be constantly drained. And that's what I'm trying to tell people say, that's why like a carpenter, you got to keep the, you got to, let's stop draining the fuel tank. Yeah. Yep. So that's, like I said, and that's, and, and people, and if all you did was this, go to, go to Google search and type in steroid home pathway and you'll go, oh my goodness, look at all those pathways. Progesterone does convert down, but that should show people how to live their lifestyle. That should show people that when you see testosterone covering to estrogens, that a guy goes, maybe I shouldn't be eating all that sugar. Do you understand? And, but see, and as a doctor, we have to tell these people this. But, they, but see, people just want a natural thing. Give me some chastery. Or they want some drug. That doesn't, you can't get high level of health by just replacing it both naturally and medically. And I'm not saying, ladies, ladies, I give out chastery. I give out things that, that build progesterone like crazy. 
because I understand life in general for women is tough and stressful and trying to do things. So you got to do that. And I understand bioidenticals because of that. But we really got to teach women, stop doing the things first of all. And you need less of this stuff. So yes, and I cannot wait to talk about perimenopause. I have some very good uh, things on that one. But anyways, there we go. Well, I think, I think it's interesting what you say there because I think what I see as well is I think as your progesterone is declining in that situation and cortisol is at first beginning to rise, right? You're in a compensatory yeah. phase and the body is keeping up with demands. Yeah. And, and often what I'll see is on a lab at this point, if you can catch it, is DHEA is keeping up and you're kind of meeting yeah. demands. You're like here. But if you don't, yeah. if you don't address it, you are going go yeah. to go to burnout. And then the next stage I'll see this, this cortisol actually starts to be metabolized. It gets bound up. The body starts to yeah. try to defend itself and protect itself. Because as you say, Cortisol is initially like anti-inflammatory, but it's very drying on the body. And then yep. I start to see the systems downregulate. And this is the point where I feel is the tipping point, where a lot yes. of women actually then add in because they're like, I don't feel great. So now instead of going for a 5K run, I need a 10K run to get going. So they layer yep. in more and more things to try and stimulate that adrenaline, noradrenaline. And all the yep. time we're heading actually closer and closer to burnout. And now the anxiety is increasing. They're not sleeping. Uh, and I think it just becomes a cascade, which in my experience is much when you get to there, it's so much harder to turn around. Um, yeah. I'd love to see from your perspective then and what you found from working with, you know, mil literally millions of people. Yep. What do you think uh, is the answer for women? It sounds like they need to be managing, addressing stress on a much yes. deeper level than currently we are. By far, because here's what happens to this. And let's go back to this. Um, I am... Uh, and, and I wrote, and I, you can see on my website, uh, let's, let's take a cyclic woman. Uh, first of all, Andrew, I gotta tell you this. This is probably one of the most enjoyable podcasts I've done in a long time because you know a lot, which is kind of nice. Because I'm trying, I mean, when I actually told them, tell most people, like, there's so many estrogens, all these pathways, they're like, it's foreign to them, which is so, this is quite enjoyable for me. <laughs> so, uh, but, here, but here's what happens this. Let's take a cyclic woman, for example. Uh, when you say women running five and 10Ks, I discourage that like crazy. Oh my goodness, I discourage that. Because the, 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 the physical demands, once again, there can lead to so much trauma physically. And that's why you see these, that's, uh, they ever look at these uh, athletes that are women, okay? They run, 10, they run 10K, they run all these things that way, and it throws off their cycle like crazy. Because you know why? There goes that inflammatory response, there goes that cortisol response, they're draining their progesterone. And that's why I always say, you know, these athletes, they skip or delay their cycle. No, what you did is you drained the whole anabolic system because you put too much physical stress on a woman's body and that's why they say, well, it's very common. Do not confuse common with normal. You don't have a doctor that's leading you to keep your body at a high level of fuel, and so you end up draining your body. So I, I, there's only certain times that women should have actually high-intensity exercise during a cycle. Ladies, I, I, if you look at it this way, I didn't realize that a chart I put out on the internet was gonna be so shared by, no joke, I think it's like 50 million people. I looked at the female cycle over the course of roughly 28 to 30 days. So I divide it into four parts because a woman's cycle, hormones change roughly four times in a month. Their body roughly changes four times in the month. And that's why, and if you look at it this way, the demands and what you do to it and what it needs is different four times in the month. You know what I'm saying? And a woman is physically and psychologically different four times in the month if they're cyclic. And that's why I always tell people, it's like, ladies, watch this. And I can prove it from a simple physical thing. I said, ladies, one week you'll get up and put your bra on, it's all nice and full. Next week you put, get up, put your bra on, it's a bunch of shriveled raisins. And you're like, where did they go? Well, because there's a, there's a physical change that happens. And see, every woman laughs because they know it's true. But do you understand, ladies, there's also a psychiatric change. Do you understand? And that's why women tell me, doc, I just feel like I'm so unstable. I'm like, yeah, you're a woman. You're supposed to be unstable. You're not supposed to be the same. And that gives women such mental peace going, because you know, because here's what happens. Serotonin changes with their estradiol levels. Well, let me ask you a question. You know this, Angela. Does estradiol levels straight across all the way through the month for a woman? They're extremely low. Yeah, they're extremely low when they first actually have their menstrual period, so day one. So the idea is this. Let me ask you, ladies, you're listening to right now. How many of you guys feel like going for a run uh, on day one, day of your period? You're not supposed to. Do you understand? If you put high-intensity x-ray while you're menstruating, you actually drain your hormones even more and you'll make yourself sicker. You really will. Second week and fourth week, guess what? Great time to hit intensity. Third week is the third week, ladies, the third week, so roughly day 14 through day 21, 22, you have to reduce so much stress in your body because there's such a high demand of progesterone that if you lower that, you set yourself up for some major illnesses. The third week of a woman's cycle is by far the most intense thing that they gotta really take care of themselves. And I teach men this. Do you know why? 
because men can beat the crap out of their body constantly. They're not affected by inflammation like women are. They're not affected by mental stress. Uh, they're not affected by sugar the way men, women are when it comes to those things. And so what they need to do is, that's why men can do such crazy things to their body and they change so quickly because their anabolic hormones actually are, aren't affected by those as much. If a guy just controls his diet really well and actually takes care of himself, he has wonderful things. That's why, that's why women get upset when they say, Doc, you know, I stopped sugar and I lost one pound over a month and my husband stopped sugar and he lost 25 pounds. Yes, because of how it's affected by him, okay? And so it's, it's that major awareness of going, understanding that women's bodies change through the month and you need to take care of them differently every week. Not a joke. And, 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 we need to, and, and there's different demands. So those things scare me when I hear women are running 10Ks. I'm like, okay, when? Did you do it on your third week of your cycle? Who skipped that run? Because you're going to lead to health problems, even though you think you're getting healthy. Yeah, I agree. And also, actually, the other thing I see it show up as, where it causes, as you say, that stress, that inflammation often, mm -hmm. and they're complaining about, is belly fat. And it's like, yep. I just have this belly fat. It won't shift. And it's because, again, you're doing too much. I, well, I found, interestingly, though, I, I guess what you're saying now, I found a little bit of differences with women and with myself around the menstrual cycle. Obviously, you're most like a man, as you say, when those hormone levels really drop at the beginning of the month. But I think there is, for some women, they feel quite energized in that period. And then for other women, they do feel really flat. Do you know what I mean? And I, I kind of take the approach of if you're feeling like you can work out, you're feeling like you can be really physically active because actually you're not suffering with things like PMS because you are looking after your progesterone. You're not getting really, really heavy bleeds that are draining you then maybe you can do a bit more in that first week. That's been my own sort of personal experience, uh, what I've found. Well, I, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you in that because here's what happens this. Show me your labs that prove that because I can show you different. Exactly, because that's where, see, I'm not a, I don't care about how a woman feels because you know what the number one symptom for breast cancer is for women when they actually find that they have it? They don't have any symptoms. See, I, I will never judge a person by how they feel. You want something? Want to feel good all the time? Take some marijuana. Do you know what I'm saying? I just can never judge a woman's health by how they feel. Because what happens this, what scares me when women say they feel energized, I'm like, oh yeah, your estrogen levels are probably too high. Your certain levels are probably too high that way. Remember, if your cortisol levels go up, you can feel great. You really can. See, I just, I stay so diagnostic that I can't, I ne I, do you know something? I've never in 23 years ever asked a woman how they felt. Never. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't. Because you just once look again, at the data. So you're yeah. so from your perspective, then you would suggest uh, in that first menstrual phase, then light activity, right? Walking, bit of yoga, maybe. Oh my goodness, yoga, uh, meditation, and, and, and actually, and when I stay, say, remember, we are we are creatures of movement. Okay, so I'm saying what happens? This it's how intense you bring up. You can bring your heart rate up a little. I'm I'm okay with that. It's just that I don't want to see um, high intensity, short burst stuff in the first week and the third week. Um, because once again, of what the demands are anabolically for your hormones. So what they do is this, but movement, yes, you can move every day, you do things every day, you're very active. But what I'm talking about is when, when women, we, we've, we've taught women wrong types of exercise. We really have and stuff. And um, because you know what's really funny? In the second week, I want them to get their heart rate up. I do want them to do something a little bit more intense. I just don't want them doing yoga in the, in the second week of their cycle. You say, because anabolically, your, 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 your anabolic buildup hormones for your heart and all the tissues and your muscles are coming up. Do you understand that, there's, that a woman's body is so fascinating when it's cyclic because there's times it builds up and there's times it breaks down. It doesn't happen with guys' bodies. See, I got so fascinated with the female body because what it does, that's why I kind of go, my goodness, if you just observe what happens is there's times it does need to break down. Just like when the endometrial lining needs to break down. There's a constant buildup and breakdown Actually, and then and the whole purpose is to build life. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's important to me to go listen, understand that preciousness. That if it's not done right, it's why one out of three couples today have a hard time getting fertile right now, because they're not setting up the body right for that time. So um, activity means I'm not saying sit on the couch and, and eat bonbons when I say <laughs> don't be doing high intensity. No, we have to move every day. It's just that the intensity that we do during the mm -hmm. times. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I do actually change mine around my cycle because yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I guess we talked about, we were touching there on perimenopause. Yeah. And I think one of the common things as progesterone is sort of dropping off a bit is women can get heavier bleeding. They can also get shortened yeah. cycles because yeah. that endometrial lining is not being held in place for as long. Um, yeah. 
How much do you see that is as a result of, of stress then? Obviously, yeah. stress is playing a part, but there is also this natural, her hormones are dropping off. Yeah. I'm just curious what you found to help with that stage, because yeah. actually women can often then, and one of the reasons they'll go to seek uh, bioidentical hormones is that they feel like they're almost perpetually having a period, which can be quite challenging. Yep, yeah. yeah. and, and let's start here, because I'm, gonna, I'm going to, and I will say something dramatic, and then we'll, and I'll prove it to you after. There is no such thing as perimenopause. It's all made up. It's a bunch of BS. Uh, there, is no, there is no stage of life for women called perimenopause. It was made up because we have very bad doctors that don't understand hormones. Let me explain, okay? If you look at the stages of a, of a, of a guy, there's prepubescent and pubescent. A guy that's 80 years old is still fertile. You know what I'm saying? He can impregnate any cyclic woman, okay? When you look at the stages of a woman's life, there's, pre, there's pre-cyclic, there's cyclic, and there's menopausal. So here's what happens. Because we do not have carpenter-type doctors all over the world like us, what happens is women are at an all-time high with bad hormones and low hormones and being drained, and they haven't, they, they've gotten to the point where they're getting to their, almost to their cycle, menopause years, which may be anywhere from 50 to 53, it could be 55, it could be 48, okay? And what women are doing is they're continually getting sicker earlier, and so their hormones are so low and then what they do is they're skipping a cycle, they're having heavier bleeding, they're having all these things. So they had to make up a stage of life to explain, to try to justify the women what's really happening with them. And I will tell you the reason why it's happening, ladies, is because you do not have doctors that know how to take care of you. So they had to make up a fake stage of life to say, well, you're not at menopause yet, so it's a pre-menopause. No, it's not, because if you look at how the biology of the body works, here's what happens, watch this. I am surprised that no medical doctor, no nurse, anytime I've asked, and I speak at medical schools, I speak at some major, large medical conferences, I look at all these OBs and all these nurses say, how does the ovary make hormone? So Angela, just kidding. How does the ovary make hormone? Now, and this will show to you why perimenopause is BS and it's made up. How does, it, how does the ovary make hormone? I want you to think about that. They don't teach women this. And it's really sad. See, if you look at the ovary, the ovary is nothing more and this is the coolest thing. See, I'm so fascinated by the female body. Do you understand the ovary is actually full of, of, of pre-follicles, pre-mortal follicles? Do you, understand, do you understand this? I have four daughters. When my daughters were born, my grandkids were already inside them. Do you understand? Uh, Angela, I apologize. I know yes. women are no, sometimes are. offended okay. by this. Yeah, so you're born now, with I want you to think about yeah. this. Sorry? So think of it this way. How old was your mother when you were born? My mother was 33. Okay, I apologize. How old are you? You look pretty darn young. I am 46. Okay, oh, you're one year younger than me. Okay, do you understand? I want you to think how fascinating this is. Do you understand a part of you has been on this earth for 79 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Do you understand? And I want you to think about that. And so when you think about this, now here's the cool thing about the biology. So at, there's a stage of your mother's life where when she hit 13, 15, 16, 12, whatever she hit her cycle, that her brain hormones started to change and she released this major hormone called FSH, follicle stimulating hormone. It stimulated that ovary and stimulated that follicle to grow and that's when it starts releasing hormone. I always find it fascinating. I say, wait, how does ovary produce hormone? Well, it just does. Well, how? How can you manipulate and give drugs and give chemicals and do these things without even knowing the most basic physiology of how it's produced? Now, when does a woman stop producing hormone and stop producing and go into menopause is when there is no longer that stage. There's no longer that stage of life. Perimenopause doesn't exist. It's either cyclic developing those follicles and when it's done, it's menopause. And because there's hormonal issues and women are so depleted and so, so abnormal in their hormones, and yes, it's causing women that stage to be so sick, they create a thing to actually, and women think it's but actually hang on, normal. hang on, So can I, if I can just, just interject there. So what, what you're yeah. saying there is, I understand, I understand uh, what you're saying, but essentially what happens is FSH starts to, to, to rise, right? Because it yep. feels yep. like they've got to shout a bit louder to say, come on, and there's less eggs there now. And eventually you, you run out. You, pardon? And eventually you run out. And eventually you run out. But in that mm-hmm. stage before you run out, okay, which is what we're talking about, which is kind yep. of quote unquote the peri. So in that stage, do you still expect to see disruption? It's not like you go 28 days, 28 days, 28 right. days, 28 days. Oh, it's the last one. It's well, all gone. Because actually yeah. it's almost like, ah, oh, there are, are there any left? Oh, it's gone for three months. Now it's back. 
Are you saying yeah, that see, isn't I, how I, it's I, meant to happen? That's not normal. That's not normal. You'll watch a woman that maintains her health and hormones, and when she hits, she will stop. Do you understand? This whole idea that they transition down in three months and come back in three months and come back in six months and come back this, that's not normal. That's not. It's just that most people don't experience that. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's common. See, that's the thing. And that's why you look at when I wrote an international balance, same book, I just I disagree with all this stuff. I disagree. You guys are misleading people because here's what happens to this is there's more. And see, you understand this. There's more of hormone disrupting things. There's more of hormone deficient things that lead to that skipping the cycle than the true cycle that's supposed to happen. So as practitioners like we are and the information you're trying to give it is this women just do everything you can and then you will experience what the commonality of the world is. And that's the thing where, of skipping cycles and extra bleeding and all these things that way. Because when I took my mother through menopause, and no joke, hundreds of thousands of women, they're like, well, menopause isn't as big a deal as I teach this. Well, no, because you were transitioned normally. Do you understand? You were transitioned from a healthy state. Do you understand? And you know this. Now I'm going to say something that you'll never hear of any doctor's mouth. Do you understand that it's easier to keep a woman healthier in menopause than it is when they're cyclic? The term cougar did not come from a cyclic woman. Okay? Now... Well, here's why. Because when you hit menopausal, now you depend on your adrenals and your fat tissue to produce the majority of your hormones, okay? And it's straight across like a guy's. It's straight across. And that's why women can have more sex drive. They can have more sophistication. They have more mental stability. That's why it's called the golden years. But if it, it, it's women's hormones are like a domino effect. It's actually a domino effect that they're horrible during cyclic years. Now they go transition to menopause and it's hell on freaking earth. So what you're saying is if we get this right... Because I'm going to have a lot of women smiling and probably a yes. lot of men smiling to this. Yes. Is that we can have better sex than ever before post-menopause. And yet that is not yes. the reality for so many women who are struggling with vaginal dryness. In fact, yep. severe pain often uh, yep. when, when, they, when they first kind of show up and, and see me. because yep. And they're really struggling. And their husbands are upset and it all feels like it's over. Whereas in reality, what you're saying is this transition should be easy, painless, yep. a yep. life experience that then leads to great sex. Let's face it, you could look at it another way. Great sex. The kids have grown yep. up. They've left home. Yep. It's the golden years. Yeah, it really is. And the sad part is this, but I mean this sincerely. Your podcast started, if you think about this way, because I'm, I'm actually on your podcast right now and stuff, and I've listened to a bunch of that way. Your podcast started because you know why? The conventional aspect all over the world is so dominant medicine, we've proven that by COVID, that people are looking for alternatives. The sad part is this, they're just trying to, the sad part is most people are just trying to replace drugs with natural things, which is a bad way of doing it because it doesn't work. You got to change the thinking first. But the idea is this, is people are getting sicker younger. Do you know when I started practice, type 2 diabetes was called adult onset. It's called adult onset. They had to change it because we have fat kids and you can't, you can't offend anybody. I don't, know, I don't know about England and stuff like that. In the United States, you can't look and say, you got a fat little kid. Stop feeding him so bad. You're a horrible parent. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the political people will go nuts over here and stuff like that. I'm going, man, you're setting your kids up for bad health, things like that. And I know people are offended by that. But you know what I'm offended about? Here's why, here's why my healthcare, and, I, and I'm going to, it, actually, I know your healthcare system. One-tenth of your whole budget on healthcare is spent on diabetes. One-tenth, okay? Now, here's what happens this. And so I'm going to offend everybody in the socialized medicine aspect that way. I'm sorry if I have a fat woman or a guy that's eating sugar like crazy and he's going to the doctor and getting insulin and medication and visits paid for by my tax dollars. I'm sorry. You don't, you're not taking responsibility for health. You do not, I'm, not, I'm not paying for your bad habits. Socialized medicine is the dumbest idea on history because it allows people to maintain their dumb habits and make me pay for it. So I will fight against socialized medicine. I care about you. That's why I don't want to pay you for being stupid and pay for your insulin and all the other things. Sorry, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, you got to care about grandma. No, I don't. If grandma doesn't take care of herself, it's her responsibility. Do you know what I'm saying? Why should I take my money? I pay very little to nothing for healthcare. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm in a system that actually costs a lot. But the idea is this, I want you to think about this. And that's where, where, for example, we have to move away from those emotional states because you know you look at the one-tenth of your budget, one-tenth. I know, I know your stats quite well, one-tenth. And what is really? it in the US? I'm just curious now what budget um, is going towards diabetes. Uh, oh my goodness, probably, I would say, it contributes probably, probably 30%. Mm-hmm. But yet, yet, what's interesting is there's almost a campaign now to support that size because people should be body confident regardless. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Guess what? You're fat, you're fat. Knock it off. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I'm sorry. Uh, like what they're trying to, uh, I'm sorry, Victoria's Secret models, you're fat, put on bare clothes. <laughs> it doesn't, you're not, you're, you're not, when I look at a woman like that, and I know I'm going to offend women that way, because you know what happens this? I know food's emotional. I get it. But here's what happens. When you see an obese women, that leads to heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and all these things that way. It's why we actually see so much chronic illness today. And we're trying to accept it as normal. That's like trying to accept autism as normal. No, it's not. Stop vaccinating all these kids. You are causing more mental disability. Vaccines are the number one cause of autism by far. You're destroying kids' brains. And until people are bold enough to say it, see, I know people love my podcast till I said all this stuff right there. Uh-uh. You want know something as this? Because if we do not change our thinking, we do not stand up for what's right. Here, watch this. Do you know why COVID, COVID went through? Because all you good people stood up and did nothing. I had the FBI show up at my house because I would refuse to, stay, uh, I refuse to actually follow what they were telling people that way. You're saying, we need to stand up across the world. Now everybody's standing up and like, look at I'm, I'm standing up. What'd you do for the last two years? You stood, you stood, you stood there and cowered. You're saying, because look at this way. Look what they did to people. Sorry, we need to actually stand up for what's right and do what's right that way. And we gotta stop encouraging people to put things in their body that's bad or say it's okay because they feel bad. I mean, I'm sorry. If you're a parent and your kids are eating Fruit Loops this morning, you're a bad parent. You're a bad parent. Do you know what I'm saying? If you know that, do you understand this? Watch this. They call it junk food for a reason. They call it junk food for a reason. Why are we doing this to people? You know what I'm saying? We gotta knock this stuff off and we need people strong enough to say it and stuff like that. So I just, remember, you know what's really sad? I can tell you this. I've built clinics all over the world because people have bad habits and they don't, and they don't, they don't take care of themselves. And, he, and as a doctor, I can't walk into a room with a patient and actually worry about their emotional state of them feeling bad because my advice is there to save their life so they're not spending a ton of money, so they're not sick and dying, so they're not going through all these things. And I know, that, I know my last five minutes sound brutal, but I want you to sit back and think about it because look what happens. We allowed these things to happen and here's what happens. And look what they did with COVID. They just took care of, they just manipulated people emotionally for two years and look what happens. Now they're coming out saying, oops, big mistake. Yeah, that big mistake costs a lot of people their lives and a lot of problems that way. We need carpenter doctors that are gonna stand up and say some things and get people on the right track. And what about, I guess my question would be there, you touched on it with, you know, when they recategorized uh, adult onset diabetes as type yep. 2 diabetes because children are getting it, children are also getting strokes. There's a big yep. obesity epidemic in the US. Yep. It's the UK's following. We follow everything, yep. basically. Um, what's happening with, you know, you, you, you've, you've mentioned that actually the menopause should be this, this seamless transition. Yep. Let's look at puberty. Let's look at the other end of the spectrum because this is obviously yep. when things show up, right? I was prescribed the yep. contraceptive pill very erroneously because of the period problems I was having as a, as a young teen. Uh, I would very much be against that now with the knowledge yep. that I have, for example, happened to my daughter. Is there a right time for puberty? It feels like puberty yes. is getting younger. I mean, what is yes. the optimal age for a girl to transition in pu to puberty? 16, 17 years old. Remember, the whole purpose of, of actually uh, uh, for, uh, a cycle is, is fertility. That's it. Ladies, the only reason why you cycle is for fertile purposes. That's it. You know what I'm And I can honestly tell you, I just had somebody reach out yeah, uh, last week, uh, a seven-year-old uh, got her cycle. Okay? Um, I've, had to, I've had to change those in so many young ladies, it's crazy. Uh, because what's happened is this, is the things that we're doing to our kids at such a young age. And I will tell you this, um, no joke, uh, vaccines contribute to so much detrimental hormonal health for young kids. Uh, all the soy formulas, all the things like this, where they're, they're poisoning kids' bodies at such a young age. And it's leading them to mature at such a fast rate, it's ridiculous. And here's what happens this, is it's getting younger and younger. Now watch this. Watch it, it, I built my whole career just on fertility alone. That was my number one specialty my whole career. Okay. Now I want you to think about this. If you look at how the world has shifted, um, when we were kids, remember, I'm 47, you're 46, I want you to think about this. When we were kids, people got married younger, people had kids younger, people did things younger. Now what happens is this, and the average woman usually got their cycle around 14, 15 years old when we were kids. Now, it's got, now the average age has gone down to 12. And I said, and I've, once again, it's very common for a 10, 11 year old to get their cycle nowadays. And so now watch this, we talked about this. Every time there's a cycle, they release an egg. Every time they cycle, they release an egg. Young ladies are getting their cycles earlier, so they're losing eggs faster. They're actually not even getting married till later and want to have kids till their 30s, and they're wondering why their hormone reserves, and, they, and actually by the time they get to their 30s, they stress them out through college, they drink like crazy, they did everything bad, they beat up their body, and they wonder why they can't get fertile. You know what I'm saying? And that's why one out of three couples right now are having a hard time having kids. So our whole society has messed up not only a female body, 
But what it does, it's actually caused women to get there to mature earlier, which now leaves them a much harder time when they want to get pregnant, even in their mid twenties or thirties compared to everything culture was shifted much earlier, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, my goodness, my mom had three kids by the time she was 20. Okay. And nowadays that's even looked at as like, what, 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 what was wrong? You know, Sam, but guess what happens? She also got her cycle when she was 16. And once again, she hasn't beat up her body yet. So women are waiting longer to get, get pregnant. They're beating the crap out of their body from societal things that think it's okay and stuff like that, taking birth controls forever, even though birth control is known as an endocrine disruptor. And so what we need to do, so I said, listen, here's what you need to do. I have two cyclic daughters. You know what I'm saying? I have almost a 13-year-old. She probably won't get her cycle for a couple of years yet. But I also have, I have an 18-year-old. I have a 16-year-old. I have a 12-year-old. And I have an 8-year-old. Okay, get this. Okay, my daughters don't know what PMS is. They have no clue. They, they, they got their hormones measured when they were 10 years old. And I made sure that they stayed in those non-endocrine disrupting things and their body could move out their estrogens. Here, let, let me show you something, guys. Let me show you why young ladies are cycling so much earlier. It's so simple, okay? And this is gonna make so much sense to you because you, know, you understand the body. If you think about this, like I talked before, hormones, when they are produced, even as a young lady, a young lady still needs all the estrogens. A young lady still needs all the progesterones. It's just at such a low amount. Do you understand that a little boy and little girl have the same basically level of hormones? That's why when I, I love this whole bull crap, like I said, I, I, I haven't ticked off all the audience. I want to tick them off. Anybody that tells me that you can, you can, a uh, kid can choose their gender, I want to slap them. But there's only two genders, male and female. Okay. And it's like a child knows what psychologically. No, it doesn't. A little boy and little girl get along fine. Do you know why? Because they haven't psychologically changed yet because they haven't hit puberty. Okay. That's why two seven-year-olds can get along. Now when they're 17, they fight like cats and dogs. Okay. Because they view the world differently because estrogen changes the world brain compared to testosterone does. But here's what happens. If you look at young girls, if you look at their hormones are produced, they're produced by their ovaries, they're produced by their adrenals, they're produced by their fat tissue. Ladies, I didn't get to talk to you on this. That's why when women are ultra fit, they have crappy hormones because you need a certain amount of fat to produce hormone, okay? And when you actually lack hormones, you'll create belly fat in order to produce hormone and you won't get rid of it because your body will keep it there to produce hormone. That's why women have belly fat and can't get rid of it, okay? They're hormone deficient. But anyways, so what happens is this. Now those hormones are produced. You know this. They go to other organs, including the liver, to convert to other forms and balance those levels out. Here's what happens. If you get kids eating sugar at a high level way too young and they get fatty liver disease, if you give them vaccines and you give them toxic things and they get environmental toxins, it causes their levels to not convert and metabolize and move out so those levels start rising much earlier than ever before. And it's why young ladies, once again, are so sick when they actually get their cycle, but they're hitting it earlier because their body's forced into development because their levels are coming up way too early. And it's why my kids have never had a vaccine, nor are they ever, they're pure poison. It's why my kids have never had a bad food. So you think, that the, you think that vaccines are causing early puberty in girls? Oh, it's one of the major contributing factors. Actually, the reason why kids are so sick today is vaccines. You can go back to the 1986 Vaccine Protection Act in the United States when they actually made it non-liable. Why do you think even your country can't sue the COVID vaccine manufacturer? See, what happens is this. And what happened is they started injecting massive toxins in 1989. The rate of chronic illness since 1989 in children has skyrocketed. 54% of our kids have one form of chronic illness. I think it's like 32% have two or more chronic illnesses, which didn't even exist in the 80s and actually even early 90s. But here's what happens this, because it's toxins. There's not, here, let me ask you a question. Show me any vaccine that gets your immune system normal. It doesn't. See, when you think like a carpenter, you go, I never give my child that, it's poison. You saying? If you actually, now, apologize, Angela, do you have any children? I have three children. If you fed them the ingredients in a vaccine, even the COVID vaccine, you'd go to prison for poisoning your kids. You would. You, if you call poison control and actually say, I'm going to give them this and the ingredients, they'd arrest you for poisoning your child. Yet this is a standard medical care. Sorry, it's poison. What do you, I'm just, so. I'm, I'm, um, I'm curious here in terms of like um, the, the COVID vaccine, because actually 
you know, it, it's caused quite profound effects in women. Some women who are yep. in menopause came out of menopause when they had the vaccine, which is just well, sure. really quite phenomenal. And yet now it's just dismissed as, well, oh yeah, that's okay, but it doesn't do anything long-term because it's okay you came out of menopause, but then you just went straight back in anyway, so it's fine. I mean, that is that is a pretty strong trigger to actually be able sure to... Because it's toxin. Come back to this. It's toxin. It's a pure poison. Do you understand? It's like, and what happens this, what they found out, and they had to actually sue the company. And actually, where did they find out that the, that the, the nanoparticle actually conglomerated in for women? Their ovaries. That's made, it was public record. And they're like, oops, sorry. And they had to get it from China to get that study. See, it said, it said that's why I said you can't, con- and that's why when, and here's what happens, that's why I'm even scared for your whole system. Government should not be involved in healthcare. It shouldn't, because there's corruption, massive corruption. And like I said, and I just won't fall for it. And I just stood up against it. And, and now, now it's kind of funny, all the politicians in the United States, including some of the major senators, are calling me and I'm being interviewed by them. And I'm, I'm hugely involved in politics, but I'm hugely involved in freedom and liberty. I tell people, if you want to, get, you want to do something bad to your body, for all the people that, I made that, that, I, that are mad at me because I said stop being fat and stop actually accepting as normal, I'm cool if you do it. I really am. I believe in liberty and freedom of choice. I really do. But don't expect me to pay for your medicine. Don't expect me to feel sorry for you. Don't expect for me to actually uh, want to have universal health care um, because this is me as a Christian person that if I see somebody suffering, I'm going to reach out and try to help them. But if you reject the help that could save your life, then you're on your own. Do you understand? And I just don't think it's okay that I can walk into a UK doctor and say, man, I just had McDonald's. I had a birthday cake. I had all stuff with this. My blood sugar is at 112. Please give me my insulin. And Angela, we're just going to take more of your tax dollars to pay for it. Sorry, I'm against that. And that actually makes more sense, uh, though. Well, I don't know what it was like in the U.S., but if I look back to this time two years ago, we were pretty locked down. Uh, There was a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, Everybody was very scared. And then everything closed. But you could get takeaways. And the first thing that opened ahead of the gyms, because they were worried about infection spreading in the gyms, although that was later shown not to be an infection spreading area, was the fast food restaurants. McDonald's and KFC opened before gyms. Yep. And here's what happens this. There's, show me one thing, and you know this, and you can answer this. Show me one thing that's good for your body that's from McDonald's. One. Their salad's full of toxins. Do you understand? And so, so you know this as well as I do. This concept that nutrition has nothing to do with health, you think I'm joking, that's said all over the world and stuff of like that. And it's like going, and, and that's why I'm saying, look at it, they did. They closed down even, let's say, Whole Foods, which is, a, which is at least a health food store, and actually allowed McDonald's to be open. And that's why we need to stand strong. We need to be bold. And you're going to tick some people off. You really are. And that's okay and stuff. So, boy, we covered a lot of topics today. Well, <laughs> before, we, before we close, I guess, let's have, your, let's have the top five do's and the top five don'ts for women who want to have, let's, let's go cycling women who want to yep. be fertile and then make that transition effectively. What are the top five do's and don'ts for women? Number one, this will always, this is, this, if you watch a video of mine, watch anything like that, you'll always come back to this. Number one, get tested properly get tested. You, in order to actually have your estrogens tested, you need two tests at once. You need urine and blood together. If you just do blood or just do urine, you, you cannot see all your hormones, okay? You need to have proper testing done. Without that, there is no two through five, okay? Now, here's what happens. I will give you some other strategies. Number two, ladies, recognize that mental stress is by far will throw off everything. It really will. Just by being aware of that, you can now actually start to perpetuate your life in a direction that could actually be a little less stressful. Number two, okay? Nutrition sufficiency, it's very important because just like we, you and I talked about some cruciferous vegetables, if you're deficient in them, and guess what happens? You're going to be there. I'm not saying eat cruciferous. I'm saying the idea is this. I'm such a big component of actually restoring because I'm a carpenter doctor. I want to rebuild and build the house, so I'm very big into organ meats. I really am. Find a very good source, and if you're like the United States, most people do not eat organ meats. You can go to an organic butcher. You can get them for pennies on a dollar. Very cheap foods, okay? Number four. Okay, here's what happens this. Movement, I know it sounds simple, but I'm telling you right now, your immune system, your hormonal system, okay? It's important for you to study your cycle, where you're at. I can tell you, like on the back of my hand, what day my wife cycles on. Because when it does get to that third week, I make sure that she is not stressing out. Uh, When she actually does her exercise and things like that, uh, guess what happens? She's doing it properly during the right times so she doesn't drain her hormones. But movement is very, very, very key. Now, and I know it's gonna sound simple, and we didn't get to talk about this, but here's what happens this. Ladies, number five, you need to be in bed between nine and 10 o'clock every night. 
your circadian rhythm is so essential to your actually hormone reserves and you need eight to 10 hours of sleep per day, eight to 10 hours. And you need to get to bed early enough because if you do not, if you go to bed at midnight, guess what happens? Your reserves start about 9 p.m. at night and they go to about 1 a.m. And what happens is this, so you, if you sleep eight to 10 hours from midnight to eight or 10, compared to go to bed at nine, you feel dramatically different, dramatically different because your circadian rhythm is when you are supposed to sleep. And women have to be in bed between nine and 10. If they do not, they actually lack some hormone the following day, even if they got the full eight to 10 hours of sleep. So that's my top five. For yeah, I've seen research actually that shows it will support adrenal function if you're in bed before 10, 10.30 here. Yep, yep, it's just hormone, it's just, it is it. And everything I taught you guys today is actually just basic physiology and biochemistry. It's function, it's not pathology, it's not diseases. If you think about it this way, how you reverse that endometriosis, that PCOS that way, isn't focusing on medical or natural things. It's restoring that physiology back to normal, but it needs to be tested, it needs to be taken care of, you need to find the disruptors, and that's what I built the Wellness Weight Clinics all over the world doing, and still this day, and no joking, we open offices every single month because women are all-time high sick, and this applies to men and every other condition, it's just that female hormones was my passion because um, I, was, I married a woman that was told she could never have children. And that's the story. And you've had four, which is amazing. So, four beautiful girls. Uh, and, the four, and the five things to not do as a woman. Um, number one, not get tested. Number two, have a horrible man in your life. Number two, and here's what happens. I always tell people, ladies, who stresses out more, men or women? They say women. I say, who causes women most stress? Men. You think I'm joking. I've had to look at patients. I've had to look at patients say, you need to get divorce him. You think I'm joking, I'm not. You say I'm, and I was so surprised, and this was me. And I'm speaking, and remember, and I'm speaking just from clinical experience. I'm not a speaker, yes, I have a huge speaker. I can speak on biggest stages in, in the world, things like that. I'm a clinician. I had to sit across from women, and I was surprised, because I can't even live in this world, I can't even understand it, is the abuse, the mental and physical abuse women go through blew my mind away. I was like, are you kidding me? You will speak to a woman that way? You will hit a woman? Are you? It, it was like, wow, I, I'm telling you right now, Angela, it blew my mind away when I realized, because it's not even, that's foreign to me. It's a huge I, stress I've seen on so many. Uh-huh. And just even how, just, oh, just even how men talk to women. Are you kidding me? Ladies, let me tell you a little secret I know about you. Guys, testosterone mentally gives us great confidence. That's why every man, regardless of his age, thinks he's incredibly awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's just by nature. It's what we do. Okay? We think we're awesome. Do you understand, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter if you're large or small, no matter if you're pretty or not so pretty, guess what happens? Uh, Angela, I, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do this to you because I know you. Now, you say, Doc, you just met me on podcast. No, no, no. I know what happens inside. I want you to write down what you say about yourself just for one day. Just for one day. And I want you to talk to a friend like that. She won't be your friend within a week. Women, by nature, are very connective and they speak so badly of them. And so I'm very big in teaching men. Men, never say anything derogatory to a woman because by noon, they've already said so many things bad about themselves, you don't need to add to it. It's true. <laughs> uh, it's it's true. very true. I think and, women and are my, very much more critical. They are because, because they're more, yeah, because estrogen makes them very connected. And when they feel disconnected, it will make them sick. And that's number three. Ladies, you got to stay connected. You really do because it's a very big hormonal builder for her. Uh, number four, ladies, oh, don't, don't eat bad things because it causes your liver to be bad. It causes hormones to go bad and stuff like that. And, um, and ladies also too, number one, go see your chiropractor because you have so much mental stress and physical stress and that trauma can make your body physiology go off. And that's why when you do massages and chiropractic and things like that, it's a great stress reliever to your body. So, yep, just some things to give you some insight on. And how much, when you say don't eat bad things, how much do you Never. think alcohol is playing a part in things like breast cancer, for example? Um, remember, if you think about this, uh, when you drink alcohol, it's pure sugar. And now your cortisol levels have to adapt to it. Your insulin levels have to adapt to it. So you're going to throw your hormones off. You are. And, 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 and here's what happens this. is women like, well, doc, I need a stress reliever. Then do a marijuana gummy. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You're not gonna remember actually marijuana itself. Don't smoke it uh, and so that eat it. Get a gummy that way. Marijuana itself actually is known to reverse 130 different cancers. It's been studied. So ideas and, and remember you can't overdose on marijuana. So yeah, 
Do something. I understand. Remember, and I understand there's stressors that women can't get away from. Or take some California poppy, do something. You know what I'm saying? Use some natural thing that way. Use a natural medicine that way. So, yep. It's huge. Awesome. Well, where can people find you, Dr. Dr. Flynn? You have, uh, <laughs> for anyone who's still listening to you after the, yep. <laughs> after I think you've managed to pee off most, most categories of people. <laughs> just I try to. I try. You know what's really funny? Uh, just, it's really simple. I got thousands of videos explaining the stuff on thewellnessway.com. It actually shows, uh, like I said, I tell people, we talked about before, I never try to sell anything. I don't try, I don't sell anything. I try to get people to understand a different way of thinking. And so I put out great videos, but I'm a very intense clinician. And what I mean by that is this, I'm big into labs. I'm big into actually looking at what a woman's going through or what a man's going through and stuff like that. So just the wellness, thewellnessway.com and stuff. And it's like, um, and like I said, I'm very proud of this. Uh, I know people usually have a book to sell or some something. I don't do that. I, I'm gonna say if you don't change the thinking, and that's why in order to change people's thinking, I expect some people to leave some negative reviews on this. That's cool. They will until they're sick enough. Do you know what I'm saying? See, emotionally, people want to fight stuff because they won't disagree with what I said. They'll disagree because it makes them responsible. And a lot of people don't want to be responsible. And so I understand I'm gonna make some people mad and I'm cool with that. But you know what says this? Argue my points and tell me what your arguments are. If you want to debate me, let's debate them. But you won't debate the points, you want to debate your emotions, how it makes you feel. You know what I'm sick of? You know what I'm sick of feeling? I'm sick of sitting across from women that suffer from breast cancer, hormonal problems, PCOS, endometriosis, getting sicker, spending so much money, devastating health, can't have sex with their husbands, can't enjoy their kids because they're so sick. So you might be offended by some of the things I said, I'm offended by how many sick and suffering women are out there. And you can help them. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of that today. I appreciate you, appreciate your time and, uh, and sharing all of that. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.